Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So as we have been doing the series of sermons on prayer, this morning I would like to spend a few minutes from the book of, from the gospel of Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yes, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, we read a miracle that took place when Jesus was ministering in the Gentile nation. A miracle of healing the daughter of a Canaanite woman. You know, Canaanites are not very well accepted by the Jews at the time of Jesus. You know, simple reason is they are considered so wicked and even in their very presence among the Jews was considered as an abomination for the glory of God. Canaanites were not at all accepted among the Jewish people. And here we see a Gentile woman taking courage to reach out to Lord Jesus Christ even though he was surrounded by a Jewish crowd. And she came there with a deep concern. And what was the concern? The concern of her daughter. Her daughter was demon-possessed. Her daughter was tormented by demons. And this woman came running to Lord Jesus Christ with a great expectation of getting release for her daughter. You know, I believe that is the most painful thing for any mother. Seeing her own daughter convulsed by a demon, tortured and tormented by the demon. You know how when the demon operates on someone, you know, you can imagine how torture the person goes through in her body and in his body. You know, such a trouble, torment is what the, her daughter was going through. And this woman could not bear seeing her daughter getting tormented. And it was the most painful moment for her. You know, in those days, if you want to get one demon out, they inflict more pain on the body. Assuming that the demon will experience the pain and get out of the body. 
and they probably would have tried many different means of getting the demon out by inflicting pain in her body but in spite of all the things that they tried the demon could not get out of her body I don't know whether she has gone to a medical doctor or I don't know whether probably she has gone to a witch doctor I do not know how much she tried but now we realize that he she came running to a, the heavenly doctor who can set her daughter free from the demon possession she was a burdensome woman we read the scripture says and behold a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him it's not just you know praying it's not just seeking scripture says she just cried out to God probably with an out loud probably the loud voice she would have looked at Jesus and Jesus can you heal my daughter she would have cried out to God you know most of the time in our lives when we go through difficult moments you know when we go through things are not going in our life in our family maybe with our children maybe with our parents you know we decide to cry out to God and we ask him Lord God don't you realize what I'm going through Lord don't you look at me don't you know what I'm going through don't you understand Lord what I'm going through the kind of trouble that I experience Lord maybe in my marriage maybe in my relationship maybe maybe with my community my society I'm not at all accepted by my people Lord God God, don't you know what I'm going through in my life and I believe this woman was such a situation on that day and she decided to come to Lord Jesus Christ and to cry out to Lord God that's what she was doing exactly in fact she looked at Lord God and said son of David my daughter is severely demon possessed son of David my daughter is severely demon possessed this foreign woman this Gentile woman come to Lord Jesus Christ probably Jesus I don't know whether he experienced someone else coming to him with such an attitude of prayer but this woman came with an attitude of praying to Lord Jesus Christ Lord can you release can you set my daughter free from what she is going through next next verse says verse 23 but Jesus answered her not a word Jesus answered her not a word God was silent I don't know what God's silence means but God Jesus was silent he did not say anything you know can you imagine I just want you to think about that here we see a woman crying out to Lord Jesus Christ for help and Lord God is not saying anything to her He's not listening. He's not saying to her. He was listening to her, but he was not saying anything to her. Have you come across such a situation in your life? When we come to Lord God and we cry out for Lord is something. Lord, you may do this. We don't get anything from back from God. We don't listen anything from God. And I'm sure that doesn't mean that God is not listening. I'm also sure that doesn't mean that God is trying to kind of neglect us. I'm sure God is listening our cry, but he's not saying anything. He's not telling anything to us. You know, there are times we pray for certain things to happen in our lives, but then God is not saying anything about it. But most of the time, you know, as humans, we jump into it even before God says anything. We just go for it before God even says anything and we get into trouble. We get into trouble. 
the absolute silence of God doesn't mean that we are doing the will of God. The silence of God doesn't mean that everything that we do is correct in our life. Silence of God means so much to you and me. Job says in Job 30, 20, I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. David says, as he was crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? I have been crying unto you, Lord, day and night, but Lord, I do not hear you. You are far away from me. You know, this morning, I just want to tell you, when God is silent, there is something that God is about to do in your life. When God is silent, it is the time that we need to wait on the Lord rather than trying to do anything. When God is in silence, it is the time that we need to just try to listen to God. His voice may be very feeble. His my voice, you know, may, may not be in the rushing wind. His voice may not be in the midst of fire, but his voice may be very gentle. When God is silent, it is time that we need to lower our flesh and ask God, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to tell in my life? You know, there is a purpose why God was silent. You know, I believe as we read it further, God did not just want to deal with her just as a Gentile woman. He was looking for something which is very meaningful in her life. You know, God could have answered her and just sent her away, but that was not the kind of relationship that Jesus was longing for. Jesus was expecting something much more. You know, today that there are times God is silent in our lives, that simply means God is expecting you to do something. God is expecting you to come a little more closer to Him because God doesn't want to deal with you in that way that we expect God to work. God is expecting us to come a little more closer to Him so that He can deal with us the way He wants. He is looking for a meaningful relationship today. You know, our God works, not just the God and His people, but God works through a relationship. You know, every time when we come to the presence of God, we just get down to the relationship with God and we are able to call Him Daddy. We are able to call Him above Father. You know, moment you come back to the presence of God, you put yourself in the right presence, right place and call Him above Father. He shows up there. He shows up there. Jesus was longing for such a relationship probably in her life. Verse 23 says, He did not give any answer. And the disciples came and urged him saying, send her away. For she cries out after us. Now I just want to take a moment. I want to talk about what is going on in churches today. What is going on in Christianity as a religion today? You know, she was looked upon as a nuisance by the disciples. She was just looked upon as a troublemaker in that crowd. Look at that woman. She was a Gentile woman. She came running to Jesus with a burden in her heart. But now, disciples are looking at her as a nuisance. You know, when sinners walk into the presence of God, don't we get the same feeling at times? Somebody walk into the presence of God in with the tattoos all over his body and with the smoke smell and maybe just you know the, the smell of alcohol everywhere in his body don't we look at him and say that oh probably no he should not have come to this place he, when he will just get out of this place i'm not able to worship god 
she was looked at as a nuisance by his disciples. You know, at times we try to avoid people because we want to be in the presence of God. We want to just, you know, allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. If we bring those people into the presence of God, probably God's glory may go away. You know, that's the kind of thinking today the churches may have. You know, most of us are at times, you know, we are kind of inward focused. It's always me and my family and my church. And here we see, who is this woman? She's after all the Gentile woman. How can he come into the presence of God? She has nothing to do with the presence of God. Remember, Jesus Christ came to this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus Christ did not come for those who are healthy. Those who are healthy, they do not need a physician. God established the relationship through him to God the Father, through Jesus Christ. And he says, between him and you, there is no mediator. There is only one mediator, that is Jesus Christ. No one else. We have the access to talk to the Father God. There are millions out there. They do not have access. Jesus has to be presented to them so that they can get that access to God through Lord Jesus Christ. Here we see disciples telling them, Lord, cast her out. Send her away, Lord. We don't want her. Send her away. You know, someone said this. Just listen to this. The most biblical church is the one in which the cross is the only stumbling block for the unchurched. The most biblical church is the one in which the cross is the only stumbling block for the unchurched. That means there is no other stumbling block until they reach cross. Until they reach cross, because cross may be an offensive term. They encounter the, at the, the living God by looking at the cross. And it may be a stumbling block. There, that's where they receive the love of God. In a church which is biblical, there cannot be any other stumbling block for sinners to walk into the presence of God. This morning, I just want you to think about, am I a stumbling block for somebody who is not churched to walk into the presence of God? Am I a stumbling block so that someone may not be able to find Lord Jesus Christ? You know, when they come to the cross, Lord God will save them. He knows how to approach them, how to reach them. There cannot be any other stumbling block. There cannot be any other procedure. There cannot be any other formalities in the church. There cannot be any other dress code to wear. There cannot be any other doctrine which is not biblical in the church for sinner to enter in the presence of God. It's just the love of God. It's just the love of Jesus that he displays at the cross. This morning, Jesus is telling us about the condition of our church and all of our churches today. Pastor Jeremiah Stipek. One fine morning, he just decided to transform himself into a homeless beggar. And he went into the 10,000 member church that he was about to be introduced as a senior pastor of the church. It's exactly he sitting there. He just transformed himself as a beggar. 
And in the morning, as people were just walking into the church, he was just spending 30 minutes in the church, inside the church. As people were coming and filling the church, remember 10,000 people, only three people out of the seven to 10,000 people said hello to this beggar. He asked people for change to buy food in the church. Out of that seven to 10,000 people, not even one person gave him anything to eat, gave any change. He went into the sanctuary and he sat down in the front of the church. And an usher came in and usher asked him to go and sit at the last bench. And he went there and he went there and sat at the last bench. People were just staring at him. People were just throwing dirty look all over him. And people were looking so down upon him. As he was sitting there, he went through the motion of the church. Church was going through a time of announcement and there were various other things happening. And one elder of the church came to the friend addressing to that seven to 10,000 people. And he said that, you know, I'm so excited today because we are just going to introduce our new pastor of the church to the congregation. We would like to introduce you to our new pastor. And the church looked around, clapping with joy and with great anticipation. The homeless man who was sitting at the back of the church, he just stood up and he started walking down the aisle. All of a sudden, the clapping stopped and every eye was just fixed on this man. And he walked up to the altar and he took the microphone from the elder and he passed for a moment. And this is what he started reading. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed my, by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed cloths and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to invite me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these least, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. After he recited this, he looked at the congregation and told them all that what he experienced during past one hour in the church. Many began to cry. Many were just, you know, bowing down because they are ashamed. Then he said, today I see a gathering of people, not a church of Jesus Christ. The world has enough people today, but not enough 
disciples. When will you decide to become a disciple? Then he dismissed that service until next week. It's a real story. This morning we are talking about Canaanite woman coming into the presence of Lord Jesus Christ. And the disciples were sitting there and telling them, Lord, get her out. Get her out. And this morning God is telling you, I came for the lost and what are you trying to do with me? What are you trying to do? You are trying to confine me within four walls. Because I came for somebody else who is living outside. As we take it further, verse 24 says, But he answered and said, Look at the way Jesus responded. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said, I just came for only for the Jews. I have not come for the Gentiles. No, at times Jesus appears to be, you know, partial. You know, that's the truth. Jesus came for his own. John chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. Scripture says very clearly, Jesus came for his own. But when he was rejected by his own, those who accept Jesus Christ, God has given them authority to become children of God. You know, today you and I are able to become children of God. It's just only because, only because he was rejected by the Jews. Come on, this morning, shall we just say, we are children of God. We are children of God. We are children of God. You know, we are called to be children of God this morning. Just only because Jews, they rejected Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I are able to be in the presence of God. You know, why such thing happened in the history forever? Because the Gentile generation was so ungodly. You know, God, even though he announced the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, the Gentile generation from the birth of Lord Jesus, from, from the creation of this world until the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, they were so ungodly. God decided to destroy the Gentile generation. He preserved only his own people and he decided to come for his own people. Not for us, but because they have rejected. That's the reason Jesus was responding. I came for my own. You know, when we pray, you know, sometimes the answer that God gives us may not be in favor of us. When we pray to God, when God speaks to us, the answer may not be in favor of us. It doesn't mean that, you know, we are, we are, we are praying to a foreign God. We are praying to somebody else who is not hearing us. No, God is hearing us. We are not praying to a Jewish rabbi. We are not praying to, you know, somebody who walked on the streets of Jerusalem. We are praying to our God because God has made you and me as his children. Let's take it further. Let's go to verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. She walked into the presence of God. She was not recognized by Lord Jesus Christ. Even the disciples said, uh, you know, just get out of this place. And even Jesus said, I have not come for you. I have come for somebody else. You know, I just question why that woman is still standing there. Why that woman is still standing there? Look at her. You know, that's the you know, crux of the message this morning. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. You know, that's the prayer of her heart that morning. Asking Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, help me. You know, when help was rejected, see, she's finding hope in Lord Jesus Christ. Just want to, you know, get this point this morning. When help was rejected, she was finding hope in Lord Jesus Christ. She could even worship Lord Jesus Christ. That's what scripture says. 
she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, you know, it's same as someone is trying to enter into the church and you as a believer, you decide to push him out saying that, you know, don't come here, don't come here. And in spite of you saying, don't come here, he gets into the church and he wants to worship the Lord. It was the same attitude there. She came in and just she started worshiping God. In spite of telling that you are not good to be here in the presence of God, she was worshiping God. You know, hope works beyond the human boundaries. Hope in God works beyond our attitude at times. Go, hope in God works beyond the ethnic and cultural background of people today. All that God is expecting us is to have hope in God. Is to have trust in God. You know, that's how our prayer works. Our prayer doesn't work by our surroundings. Our prayer doesn't work how good we are. Our prayer really doesn't work, you know, how many people are praying for us. Prayer at times works based on our trust in God. Based on our hope. When every situation around us becomes hopeless. You know, when you put your trust in God. When you just kneel down and tell him, Lord, Lord, you are my God. I know you, Lord. I'm your child. No matter what I go through, I still trust in you. You know, when you come to that moment, we see things are working in our lives. You know, if she would have walked away from the presence of God at any point of this time, probably her daughter would not have got healed. The only reason the doctor got, the doctor got healed was she was just holding on to God. She was, she was just putting her hope even in the midst of despair. Verse 26 says, But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Jesus did not call her as dog. Jesus said, he, Jesus said a metaphor there. Somebody's having a bread on his table. They don't want to throw the bread to the little dogs, the puppies around the table. We don't do it normally. That's what Jesus is saying. Because the blessing was not really for us, not for the Gentiles, it was for the Jews. But now as scripture says in Romans 11, 24, scripture says, we are like wild olive tree. The Jews, the God's own people are the cultivated olive tree. We are grafted into the cultivated olive tree. That's what Romans 11, 24 says. We as wild olive tree, we are cultivated, in, we are grafted into the cultivated olive tree. Ephesians 3, 6 says, we have become cohes of Christ through the gospel. Through the gospel, you know, we are able to inherit the blessings that God has promised to Abraham. Through the gospel, you and I as a Gentile, we are able to experience that blessing of Abraham. Jesus wants us to realize. I believe Jesus wants the Gentile woman to realize that he is precious. He is precious. His healing is not for everybody because his healing is precious. The deliverance that we receive from God is precious. Why? Because it was gained at the cross. Jesus paid for it. Through blood, by shedding of his own blood, he bought that for us. In order today, how many times we take healing as granted? How many times we take deliverance as granted? 
It does not come just ordinary way. It comes by the precious work that Jesus did at the cross. Jesus wanted this Gentile woman to realize that the work that Jesus is about to do is so precious. You know, when God is silent, God is teaching us something. When, God, we, we appear, when everything appears against us, God is trying to tell us something in our lives. Because God is telling us that, you know, you are bought by my own blood. The blessings of God are purchased by his own blood, not to be thrown away to the dogs. Not to be thrown away. It is so precious. She was, Jesus was making her to realize, finally. Verse 27, and she said, listen to this. Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now she understood the value of the deliverance that God is about to give. Her attitude now was right with God. When now when she says, Lord, even the little crumbs fall from the table. Lord God is more than enough for me. You know, God's blessings are not from, for people who are living outside. God's people, blessings are for his own. You know, when we come in the time of communion, when we connect with this body, through the broken you know, body, through as we observe, as we take part in the Holy Communion, as we take the bread, as symbolically as this body, you know, we are connected through him. We are experiencing His blessings in our lives. We can inherit His blessings in our lives. All that what it takes is the right attitude when we come to pray to Lord Jesus Christ. She was certainly persistent in her prayer. She was determined. She did not want to just go home you know, without that blessing. God is looking for that kind of determination in our lives. You know, in the midst of all this, her hope was in Lord Jesus Christ. She knew very well that God can heal her. No matter what it takes, God can set her daughter free. She knew that very well. She put her hope on Lord Jesus Christ. And the hope brought humility in her life. Bro, hope brought that humbleness in her life. You know, today when we are not able to humble ourselves, that simply means we don't put our trust, our hope in Lord God. When we put our hope in Lord God, we can humble ourselves the way she was humbling herself. She was just rejected like anything there. But she was able to humble herself until she saw the deliverance on that day. Just want to, you know, turn your focus to the prayer that she was praying to Lord God. Lord, even the breadcrumbs that fall from the table, the little dogs may eat. I'm just equal unto one among those little dogs. It's good, Lord, your children can be seated on the table, but I can just, you know, be there at the side of the table as a little dog. It's not that Jesus was calling her as a dog, but instead she is comparing herself to the little dog at the side of the table. You know, what a humility. What a humility. That's what God expects in our lives. Her, her prayer life was recorded in the word of God just only because you and I know today when we come to the presence of God with what attitude we come and how far we are able to humble ourselves putting our trust in God hoping in Lord God for thing that we have never experienced the thing that God is about to do you know God expects that in our lives and God expects us to be persistent and determined in the prayer life this morning just I just want you know Think about your prayer life. Shall we just close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. 
please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.